Today's show is pre-recorded. Like a million bucks, bucks, things in its cups. Mm-hmm. Y'all tell me who could it be for Steve Harvey? Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to The Voice. Come on, dig me now. One and only Steve Harvey. Got a radio show. Well, I got to tell you something, everybody. And this is great news for everybody. That um, I'll share something with your principle of becoming successful. At whatever level you choose, it can be successful in a relationship, successful in a family, Success is maybe considered to you becoming a homeowner. It could be uh, being debt free. Your idea of success could be sixty thousand a year, fifty thousand a year, a hundred thousand dollars a year. It doesn't matter. If you're considering it, if you're wanting it, if you have a desire to become successful, I want to share with you the very beginning of that. If no one's ever done it. I'm going to say the beginning of it today. See, Scripture uh, makes it very clear for us that you don't, the only thing you need to become successful is already inside of you. It's not an external need. God wouldn't do that to you. He puts the core basis of everything you need inside of you. So if you discover it, If you tend to it, nurture it, fertilize it, and water it, it grows. It branches out. Then it reaches out externally and it starts grabbing things outside of there to make it even bigger, stronger, better, last longer. But in the very beginning, you don't need anything. It's all within you. And if you cultivate your relationship with God, it comes out 
it flourishes. Now, let me tell you, that thing that I'm talking about is a God-given gift that he has given to all of us. We all possess it. It is all within us. Everybody has a gift. Had somebody told me what I know now, back then, I would have saved myself tons of mistakes. I just didn't know the principles. I had to learn them all. Well, one of the principles of becoming successful is your mindset. You got to get your mind right. Now, this mindset is simply a decision that you can make. I can't get it for you. I can tell you what to do, but you got to make the decision. You that's listening have to decide, you know what? I'm going to go on and get at it. I'm going to stop renting. I'm going to become a homeowner. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop living check to check. I'm 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 going to put a budget together. I'm going to stop stepping out on my family. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to stop using. You, when you make these decisions, that's correcting your mindset. Now, the closer connection you have with God, the more help you get sustaining the mindset. How many times have you started to do something and you stopped? How many resolutions have you made at the new year and stopped by February? Over with by mid-January, done in March. Because if you don't have a clear connection with your creator to help you carry out the other force out there, that evil force is designed to get you not to reach your goals, get you not to come to resolution with whatever the resolutions are you made so he can, so you can consider yourself not worthy or a failure or unable to do something. But the more things you are able to accomplish, the greater your confidence goes. Grows. So we got to get your mindset together. Your mindset is a decision that you have to make. When you make the decision, you can begin the process. Your mindset is also a will of yours. A will along with the decision. A will. A willingness to do right. A willingness to change. A willingness to be better. It's going to then cause you to have to make a decision to make a change of direction. Don't go where everybody else going. You got to go your way now. You can't follow the crowd. You got to take a less travel path. You cannot do this without changing your direction. You can't keep hanging with the people you've been hanging with if you want to be different. Because they not. Then you have to develop an obligation to yourself. You've got to say, you know what, for me and my family, or if you don't have a family, for me, I owe it to myself. I have an obligation to myself to be the best me that I can possibly be. To be the best self that I can possibly be. To be the best father, the best man, the best husband, the best wife, the best mother, the best daughter, the best son, the best student, the best employee, the best owner. You have an obligation to yourself to to give yourself a shot at the best life you can. That's an obligation. You owe that to yourself. Why would you not live the best life that you possibly could? You have an obligation to yourself. Why would you cheat yourself like that? Why would you take yourself and never allow yourself to see the goodness that's already in you, to have the abundance that's been promised to you, to go and explore all the riches out there that's available to you. And, but, but, but one of the 
worst ways that you can rob yourself of the joy of your obligation is to keep comparing yourself to somebody else. Because guess what, man? That ain't your life. You ain't Jay-Z and Beyonce. You, you're, not, you're not Oprah instead, man. You, that's not who you are. Quit looking around at everybody else. That comparison of everybody else will keep you broken. It'll keep you unhappy. You won't even be able to be grateful for what you have because you're steady talking about what you don't have. That's not the way, man. You have an obligation to yourself to be the best you you can be, not the best them. You're not them. Stop trying to be them. Be the best you. It's cool. You, you got a nice little house. That's cool. You know how many big houses is empty and filled with hate and resentment? I'd rather have a smaller house filled with joy in it than to go to a big house. Man, Prince got a line in the song that says, I realized in his best disguise, a pretty house don't make a home. Man, don't you know I know how true that is. So I'm just trying to tell you. Now, another part of the mindset is taking dead aim at your life's goals and ambitions. What are they? What are your goals and your visions? What do you see for yourself? What do you dream about? If you knew you couldn't fail at whatever it is you were attempting, what would you go attempt? See, that's what we need to be after. It's a mindset, y'all. It's a decision. It's a will. It's a change of direction. It's an obligation to yourself. It's taking dead aim at your life's visions and goals. Come on, man. You got to get your mind wrapped around this thing. You owe it to yourself to live the best life you can be. Come on, man. Talk to God. God got something for you. You just got to check in with him. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, monkey trainers, pet walkers, fish keepers, hunters, Trapeze artists, strippers, taxi drivers that's mad at Uber drivers, Uber drivers that wanted to be taxi drivers, Sears delivery truck people, Walmart employees, and anybody that's trying to get a vaccine. This show is dedicated to you. Steve Harvey Morning Show. For the lonely, the disenfranchised, people who looking for hope, people that know that tomorrow will come and mm. the sun will shine yeah. on us all. Let the church say amen. Amen. Amen, amen again, Shirley Strawberry. Amen, doctor. Good morning, Steve. Wow. Carla Pharrell. You better minister up in here. Good morning. Junior Gun Spill Space. <laughs> morning, Uncle. Where we make the donation at? Nephew <laughs> Tommy, funny. King of Prince. Yes, sir. Preach, Dakota. Dakota. Boom. Man, about to give a donation. I know. That was, that was some kind of speech there you gave, sir. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where it came from. I just start different anymore. You know, I don't like to do the same thing anymore. I get bored. Yeah, it's too radio-ish to for you. Yeah, 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 I'm regular, you know. Mm-hmm. 
good morning. You know, just when you think of love, gotta get it on your mind. <laughs> yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. When you think of love, that boy, when he was in that bathtub as Billy Ray Valentine, <laughs> he got in Mortal Manium house, they let him take a bath. That boy started thinking. When you think of love, I my daddy said, boy, listen to that fool back there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Speaking of Eddie Murphy, Friday, baby, coming to, to uh, America, yeah, part two. Coming to America, coming to America. Yeah. The number mm-hmm. two. I can't wait. I can't I cannot wait. See, I know. Hakeem and Simi. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Jewish man in that barbershop. Look, it's Kunta. They say it took weeks to do that barbershop. Really? No, man. They it's what, like, Tommy? Man, they in all those characters, man. Yeah. Coming to America is hands down my all-time favorite comedy movie of all time. Mm. Yes, sir. Mm. Coming to mm. America for me. And I'm not a movie buff, but for me, Coming to America, greatest Absolutely. comedy movie for me of all time. It's so for real. Good. It's so good. Because so we know that Roscoe is Randy Watson from the What's Going Down episode of <laughs> that. That's my place so beautiful, That's don't you agree? <laughs> Sex and chocolate. Sex and chocolate. But <laughs> mad, though. Man. <laughs> that blue tux. <laughs> that light blue boy, tux. When he, but when he went off stage, yeah. but he tried yeah, to he brush that. against that symbol on that drum <laughs> Boy, I was hollering. <laughs> Donation. <laughs> Can't wait till that movie comes out. Coming up in 32 Randy minutes Watch. after the hour. <laughs> Ask the CEO Randy right Watch. after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Time now for Ask the CLO. Let's go, Chief Love Officer Steve Harvey. This one is from Mario in Camden, New Jersey. Mario says, I'm a 6'2 brother and I'm a bit overweight, but I've been trying to eat better and work out. Me too, Mario. I I met a female (laughs) on a dating site and she's 5'7 and curvy, so I was comfortable enough to tell her how much I weigh. She got turned off immediately and said I was too big. She says she doesn't date fat men and told me to lose her number. Surely she knows that she's overweight too. I tried to be polite, but she's really pretty. But should I call her back and hurt her feelings like she hurt mine? No. No, don't. What, what's that going to do? You know, you liked her. She didn't like you. That's 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 how it worked. The only way it's a match is if y'all like each other. Yeah, you like the weight on her. She ain't like the weight on you. Now, you said you're 6'2 and overweight. How much do you weigh, dog? How much you think you weigh, Tommy? Oh, that didn't make the left. How come that didn't make the Right. Okay, your fat ass, she don't like fat ass man. But he said now, she you was said overweight too. She 5'7 and curvy, but see, it's different on women. Women look, women carry their weight different. A lot of women look good with them curves they and stuff. Get in the you know, she got that yeah. swag, and then he said she is pretty. <laughs> you know, he never said, she never said you was handsome. <laughs> no, she didn't. You know, see, yeah. see, see, women have a lot of stuff working for them. You know, if a woman keep herself up and dress right and wear her stuff good, a woman can have some weight on her. Men be all okay, okay with that, boy. You okay? Take your fat ass out here. Shoes ain't right, head ain't got no watch on, clothes hanging off. You ain't no, got dude. no watch on. <laughs> no, dude. Hey, I man, women look at all that mess right there. You can go ahead on. No I can't fix all. you too far from fixing. Go ahead, Cheryl. All right. Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, uh, an iHeartRadio listener, says, I'm 25. My boyfriend and I. 
I have dated since high school. My parents used to like him, but now they think I can do better. I'm a licensed lash and eyebrow tech, and I make great money. My boyfriend is a bartender, but business has been slow. So I let him move in with me temporarily. My, mo- my mom and dad said that living together is unacceptable, and I'm, I'm dating a boy, not a man. I want to support this man until he gets back on his feet. He would, be, uh, he would do the same for me, and why can't my parents see this? Well, here's why your parents is looking at. You said you're a lash and nail lady and you're doing real well and stuff in your business. He just he a bartender. And obviously, since y'all been dating since high school, maybe he ain't tried to improve himself. Now, if your parents is looking at no upward mobility, no promising future for their child, of course, they're going to buck the system. Now, bartending is slow. Now, he to moved in with you. I mean, damn. Yeah. That's so 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 your response to it's going hard is I'm gonna go in and move in on this woman. And your parents see that. They're not finna be okay with that. You can't expect them to. He would do the same for you. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, uh, but even like if he parent. did, would you want to though? Right, right. Because where he stay on the money he make. See, would you want to stay there or would you just go on back to your mama's name? You see what I'm saying? Spoken like a true parent, C-L-O-T-D in Cincinnati says, I'm 46 and I've been dating a 44-year-old lady for about five months. And we have had more sex in that short time (laughs) than I've had in my life. Yes. (laughs) He says, I'm worn out and tired all of the time from the constant intimacy. I've started making up excuses to keep her from coming over because it's hard for me to get excited now. Is there such a thing as getting bored with great sex? I'm thinking of oh. seeing a doctor, but I wanted to check in with you guys first. Well, let me 40, ask you 46, Steve, PD. Mm. you saying you're not getting excited anymore, but you say, but then you want to say it's great sex. Mm-hmm. It could be great sex, but you don't have as high a threshold for it as she do. Mm-hmm. Maybe your libido can't handle this every day. She coming over, you hiding and stuff. Y'all under the bed trying to cheat and treat her like she got religious papers for sale at the door. <laughs> five you months know. he's had more sex in five months than in his entire life. I've never had that happen to me, Pop. <laughs> I, I ain't ever had what that. What is run. going on here? I ain't never had a five month run at the top what I did in my damn life. Okay. And I thank the Lord for that. <laughs> no, bro, you just ain't on. Um, you ain't up to tell you. Ain't no need to go into the doctor. Enjoy the moment, dude. Yeah, dog. It's libido. You ain't got nothing for your libido in there. Okay. Um, moving on. Remy in Oxford, Mississippi says, I'm 31, and I married a woman I dated only eight months. A few days before Valentine's Day, we decided to get married on Valentine's Day at the courthouse. After our wedding, we went to Hawaii for three days. We did not tell anyone our big news until we got home. The news spread quickly, and my ex-girlfriend called me crying. We had an on-again, off-again relationship, and the last time we broke up, I moved on for good. She's so hurt, and I feel terrible. Do I owe her an explanation? What should I do? Hey, bro, let me ask you what? something. What? In this explanation, what you gonna say? Yeah. Dog, don't don't go have this conversation. Because nothing you gonna say gonna fix it for this girl. Secondly, you already, I feel so bad. Now you gonna wanna console her 
One thing gonna lead to the next. Yes. And now next thing you know, she back over at your new wife's house. So I'm like, mm-hmm. He was over here last week. Right. Consoling me. Boy, yeah. you don't owe nobody nothing. You, it, What's done is done. Y'all on again, off again. And that just stands the reason I tell women all the time, stop worrying about men talking about we on again, off again. Men don't hey. do off. Uh, you yes, always sir. say how, that, Steve. How long did it take to get to Hawaii? They came from Mississippi to Hawaii. That's about a Well, date. on Mississippi, you probably got to catch about four planes out of Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm promising you ain't a damn direct hours. flight out of Mississippi. It was time to come back by the time they got I, there. I don't know that, but I about bet it ain't a direct flight out of Mississippi. <laughs> Thank you, CLO. Coming up next, the nephews run that prank back right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at the top of the hour, trending national and entertainment news. New victims accused T.I. and his wife Tiny of sexual abuse. Plus, now Oprah is going to interview Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. We'll talk about all of these stories at the top of the hour. But right now, the nephew is here to run that prank back. And what do you have for us, nephew? I just want to say something, Tommy, before you say this here. Nephew. Hmm. I'd like to interview uh, Prince uh, Harry and... uh, Meghan Markle. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah, And we can baptize them, too. Redipped. Here we go. Hello? Hello. uh, I'm trying to reach uh, Pastor Henry. Oh, this is Pastor Henry. Oh, how you doing, sir? You're the pastor of uh, Greater New Hope Baptist, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, yes, I am. My answer's calling uh, my, my name is Patrick. My name is Patrick Davis. Uh, uh, I, you I doing, went Patrick? there. How you doing, sir? I, I went there uh, to your church about a, about two and a half years ago. I went there, and, and me and oh, my okay. wife, we got, yeah, we got our kids baptized there at your oh. church. Are you coming back to us, or are you? Uh, uh, what's well, your current well, church home? Well, we haven't, we haven't been in a minute, you know. But you 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 baptized my my, my son and my daughter, uh, Kareem and All right. Okay. You baptize them. I don't. I don't think you. I mean, I'm sure you do a lot of people, but yeah, I was about to say I do a lot. I can't really pinpoint a name like that. You said it was about a couple years ago, two, three. Yeah, years? About, about, about between two and between two and three years ago, you you baptized my my little girl and my and my son. Well, God bless on that. I'm mean, I'm glad I was able to do that service for you. I was wondering, uh, how how'd you get my number? Uh, usually, uh, any any things like this usually get handled with the church. You know, one of my deacons or my secretary, but uh. Uh, did you um, call the church and they gave you my number? Um, this this guy at the church. Let me see. His name is oh, Dobbs. Dobbs, brother, brother Dobbs, brother, brother Dobbs gave you my phone number, my information. Brother Dobbs, I got this from brother Dobbs that I okay. could reach you. I could reach you now. You you know him, right? He he's one of your deacons, a, a yeah, brother. He, I, the I, 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 he's, that's a good man right there. I've known him many a year. Okay, here's my reason for wanting to talk to you directly. Uh, okay, like, like I said, you baptized my little girl Taylor and my son Kareem. What what is baptizing is supposed to be? You cleansing them and you washing them. Right. Okay. Uh, here's me... my problem. Here's my problem. You baptize my kids, but ain't nothing changed. They they grades still bad. I'm, they still I'm, disobedient. Brother, I don't see where your baptizing is done. Hold on, let me say this now. Look, but, but if you don't pass it here, here, if you just let me what? finish, I don't see where your baptizing has done anything. Therefore, Brother all David, the tithes and I don't, stuff that I spent when I was there, okay. I want that money back. <laughs> now, now, okay, now you confuse me. I'm, I'm not sure. 
I think, you know, we need to stop this madness right now because you're talking about your money back. I'm more than likely to baptize your kids. I've been at this church for many years, so I won't doubt that I'm probably the, the, the pastor you're looking for. But I just don't understand what you're trying to get at here about the baptism. Did, did I'm, I'm saying you're supposed to when, when, when people get baptized, it's supposed to change okay. them. Am I right or wrong? A cleansing. Okay, I see. Yes, cleanse but, them. But but my kids. Are, let, let me let me my, ask you. I'm just, I'm just trying to brother. Bro, I'm just just trying to get to the bottom of this. You know, I mean, because like I said, when we get my the, church the usually handles this. I still don't understand bottom, how you listen, got my number. Listen, the bottom of it is. Yo, yo, baptizing ain't doing nothing. My kids well, still grade bad. They still disobey. Well, yo, yo, is that why they haven't been coming to church? You said you're not going to any congregation. Maybe you guys need to come on back to church, sit in on some sermons. You know, I even work with you one on one, but um, I can't, I can't do nothing about the grades in school. I mean, and and and, and overall behavior. That starts when you when you have baptized them. I should see a change in them, and I don't see a change. But all the time well, I was going to your church, I'm paying for these tithes, well, and I'm not getting anything. Hey man, all, at the end of the day, Pastor Henry, I want my money back. That's what that's what we have at the end of the day. That's not, well, so that's, brother David, that's not how it works, brother. You you understand? I, I'm not I'm not trying to raise my voice at you, but you, you're all over the place. You want money back? You, I, I don't understand. What, what can I do for you? I, I can tell you now. I told you what you can do. My kids, I done, I done got them baptized over there with you. All that time I was going to your church, I'm paying these tithes, paying these tithes, paying these tithes. And I get my kids baptized. And, and but the tithes don't have up. nothing to do with the, the baptism. The tithes have something to do with all the time I spent over there, and I'm not getting oh. anything in return. Brother, brother. And that's what you call How, how, how in the world am I going to figure out how much tithes you pay?
Right, right. And he said, now, when y'all having coffee, that y'all y'all listening to the radio. Is, 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 is that right? Yeah, well, I suppose. Do y'all be listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show? Yeah, it's always on the radio. <laughs> hey, Pastor. What's so fun? This is, Nep- this is Nephew Tommy, man, from the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Brother Dobbs just got me to prank phone call you. <laughs> no! <laughs> No, wait, wait. Nope. So, Brother Dobbs knew about this. He the one gave me your number. <laughs> I'm too scared to cuss another word or say anything out of my character. I didn't think I didn't did enough for a lifetime today. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm I'm probably as real as they come, and I, I tell my congregation all the time. I even slip up, so I think it would only be right if you play. <laughs> Let me ask you something, man. What is the baddest? And I'm talking about the baddest. It's 20. Oh, man. man. You on, already man. know, man. The Steve what? Harvey Morning Show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, nephew. Coming up at the top of the hour, entertainment and national news right after this. <laughs> You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. A New York-based attorney has sent letters to officials in Georgia and in California seeking to open investigations under the Trafficking Victims Protection Act and Georgia's Rape, Kidnapping, and Terroristic Threat Statutes. Reports are out that nearly over 30 women, survivors, and witnesses have accused T.I. and Tiny of sexual abuse. In a statement to the New York Times, a lawyer for T.I. and Tiny said they deny in the strongest possible terms these baseless and unjustified allegations. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. This story. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It keeps having legs, you know. Mm. That's terrible. Uh, yeah. I'll just I mean, see what the investigation. You don't know what, what, what to, happens. yeah. You know, we just, we'll stay on the story and let you know mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah. Uh, in other entertainment news, this Sunday, this coming Sunday, Oprah Winfrey will interview Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Uh, Harry will talk about his mother, Princess Diana. He told Oprah that he quit the royal family rather than face the crushing exploitation that killed his mother. He says, my biggest concern was history repeating itself. Growing interest in the special convinced CBS to expand the show from 90 minutes to two hours. According to royal watchers, Queen Elizabeth stripped Harry of his honorary military titles because he never asked her permission to be interviewed by Oprah. Now, does he have to ask her now that he's no longer you gotta a royal? got to ask you nothing. Yeah, no. but no longer a royal. Uh, no, you ain't sending no check over here. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got no raw security. Everything <laughs> comes through horses. grandmama. We done pulled up the carriages. Yeah. We don't get to ride on the wagon no more. We ain't got no damn horses. We lost what our horses? Hunkers. Where them little dudes at with the fur hats? You took all that back? Now you think I ain't going to say nothing? Yeah. Send them here and ran my mama off the road. Now y'all ass in here want me to sign up. I ain't finna be in there because that's the only question I want to ask them. What the hell would uh-huh. make you leave the damn palace? Because I'd be in there having women dropping grapes in my mouth till I was 90. <laughs> I'm kicked back. I ain't got to work. Mm. Wow. I ain't looking for nothing. Got a crib. Or yeah. I want a whole wet wing. 
Thanks. Well, the, his brother, the future queen, uh, the future king, Prince William, has no idea what Harry told Oprah. The brothers have not spoken uh, for months, and the special will air this coming Sunday, March. Because his brother on said, CBS. "I'm not going no damn mm-hmm. well. I'm about to be king. king. Yeah, he's gonna be king. Harry <laughs> yeah, will never is. be king. So yeah, Harry, and no. he knew that anyway. He yeah, he never really been king. Mm-hmm. No, no, he never. I mean, been it would king. have yeah, it would have to be some. Now, is his brother, is his younger involved. brother or older brother? Older, the first. Older. Wait, no, first. Harry no, is William the is the oldest. William is the first son of Prince uh, Princess Diana and Prince See, Charles. See, now he already know William been kicking his ass ever since they were little boys. <laughs> he not finna let this fool be king and he's still up in the palace. <laughs> he he, he got to get out king. now. Yeah, so. And they was dogging this girl, so I understand, you know. Yeah, mainly that's what it was. I think, you know, the treatment of Meghan Markle. Yeah, his And wife, that's his and wife, saying. and he wanted to protect her. And they got a baby now, and she's pregnant again, you know, so. Mm. Uh, yeah. Duke of Ottingham. Uh, Nothing like a sister. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw it out there. I am here. I was only hoping and bothering waiting on you to ask me to come in and give my opinion. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> <laughs> Morning, We're Duke. Fine, Duke. Wonderful, Morning, Duke. Hello there, Junior. What up, Thomas? Hello. <laughs> Wonderful one, Sister Carla. Hello, Duke. How are you, dear? Hello, Spally. Hello, Your Highness. I Wonderful. Think. I hear you talking about the royal family. Well, yeah, yes. Queen Elizabeth and uh, then, of course, her grandson, Prince uh, Harry, and his wife, Meghan Markle. Yeah. They're I giving an interview this Sunday I... to Oprah. Oh, really? Oh, rally. <laughs> Have yes, you ever met Oprah, dude? Oprah, I love Oprah. She's <laughs> one of the most fabulous women I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Oprah would be the only reason I'd leave the palace. <laughs> <laughs> and do what? What do you mean by that? To marry Oprah, of oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else? She got you just as much money as the palace got. That looked like a fair trade off to me. <laughs> but you'd lose your title, you think? Give a damn about no title. <laughs> you seen her ranch in Santa Barbara? She's yes. got enough money to buy Neverland. Yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are Wonderful you looking woman. most oh, forward to in the uh, special this Sunday? I don't know. I just want to hear what he has to say. I uh-huh. wouldn't have never left if I was him, but I'm awfully glad he did. I'm, now I'm the only black there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she what was you your competition. Doing, Duke? Megan you was your doing? competition. Uh, you know, he bought her along, and all of a sudden I was sharing with another black, and I was thinking, well, damn. Another black? That <laughs> knocks me farther away from the crown that I'll never get, but I'm wonderful just being a duke. Yeah, you still have a title. You still have your title. Absolutely. No I duke, love duke being a duke. Duke, 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 duke of hell. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful songs. Duke of Earl of Artingham. What you been doing, though, Duke? What you been... Oh, just preparing myself for vaccination time. You know, I don't have to get one because I don't never have... I've never left the palace. (laughs) (laughs) With your blue blood. I've never never been outside the wall. I don't go to Harrods or anywhere. They bring it all to me. I'm filthy rich, and I love it. I'm eating caviar and tea for lunch today. Yes. What are you drinking? What are you drinking over there? 
tea, and every now and then, they don't know it, but I have it shipped in. What? The tea? Jack Daniels. Oh. <laughs> in American well, thank Nothing you, like a shot of Jack and some Earl Grey tea. Oh, my God. <laughs> thank you, Duke. We certainly appreciate it. Coming up more on the Morning Show at 20 minutes after, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. In trending news, a courthouse where Derek Chauvin will be tried for murdering George Floyd looks like the same fortress that's around the U.S. Capitol right now. Heavy reinforced to black out the general public, construction crews have been hard at work over the past week fortifying downtown Minneapolis with de facto force fields, including areas where protests and unrest are expected as Chauvin's murder trial gets underway in the coming weeks. Jury selection is set to begin March 8th, and opening arguments are expected toward the end of the month. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's this won't be. After it's not televised, right? You won't be able to watch it, will you? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't it's up know. to the judge to and decide. Well, if it is, I'm gonna watch. Yeah, I'd I like can't imagine that. them televising it, but I would watch. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really interested in the defense. Yeah. What because is, you know what? Like it just it. Yeah. it just goes to say what we've all said all along. It's amazing how we all see the same video. Yeah. and see something totally different. Now, I don't know what happens to them 12 people when they go in that room, mm. but I don't know what video they see. Yeah, dating back to Rodney King. We all yeah. saw the same oh my God! all the way I'm back. Just, we're yeah. just sitting here going, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He right. murdered this man. Yeah. yeah For eight minutes and 46 seconds, mm-hmm. he spent the entire time murdering a man. With his hand in his pocket like he didn't give a damn. Yeah, on right. camera. Yeah. On camera. Yeah. That's on right. Camera. Please. Come on. You know, and, 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 and America keeps saying, this is not who we are as a country. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Mm. Okay, then, okay, what's the other side? Because we keep seeing this side. Yeah. And we see this side too often mm-hmm. for you to convince us that this is not the America we live in. It's not the America you've ever seen or you want to deal with. But it's America that we've seen and lived with for a long time. And now the, the gig is up. Yeah. We're no longer patient. We, we, we don't want to wait on you to treat us equally. We're, we're, okay. we're, we're past that. We're exhausted from getting the Constitution applied to us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're fed up with the people being able to kill us and get away with it. Yeah. yeah, that's why I think it's good that um, I hope that they do televise it because I'm sure a lot more will come out that we didn't even know about that dreadful day, that fateful yeah. day. You know, I do see uh, a couple of media publications that are saying that the judge will allow cameras mm-hmm. in the trial yeah. coming up in March. I think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see if that still holds up. <clears throat> Going to be a major, major problem across this country if there's not a conviction. I'm not promoting Uh-oh. it. Right. I'm predicting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show at 34 minutes after the hour, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 
Uh, a principal in Indianapolis, guys, listen to this story. Principal in Indianapolis, Indiana, has gone viral for giving a student confidence, a confidence boost, I should say, with a simple haircut. All right, it all started when Anthony Moore was sent to Jason Smith's office at Stony Brook Intermediate and Middle School for wearing a hat. Uh, which goes against the school's dress code. I sat across from him and asked, what's wrong? Why are you being defiant? Why are you refusing to take your hat off? And he explained, Anthony did, that his parents took him to get a haircut and he didn't like the results. Instead of Mm. disciplining the young man, the principal has experience in cutting hair and he gave the student a haircut. So take a listen to the principal as Jason Smith told CNN how important haircuts are to black males. I've been cutting hair, you know, most of my life. Played college basketball, and I cut teammates' hair before games, and I've been cutting my son's hair since, you know, for 17 years. So I, I had professional clippers and, and edgers at home. So I said, if I go home and and get my clippers and line you up, will you go back to class? And he said, he said, yeah, yeah, I will. That age is a time for, you know, peer acceptance is huge, you know, and and so young men, you know, especially. You know, African young men, the barbershop's a big deal, you know, in the community and looking good and, and representing and presenting yourself, you know, is is huge for kids. That's great, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. But that's an African-American man that knows the culture. Now, if that's mm-hmm. a, a, a Caucasian principal, that young man is suspended for sure. That's what would happen. Yeah, man. What well, do you think, Steve? Perhaps. I don't. I don't know what would have happened if the strong, strong possibility that that the rule would have just understood. been into play. You got to take your head off. Yeah. You know, and if you don't, you're breaking the rules. There probably has to be some consequences. Mm-hmm. But like Tommy said, him being an African American man and understanding the culture and what it is, I mean, you got you got a different result. Yeah. And you know, like rules are like donuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Um, nope. They got holes in them. Yeah. And the holes are circumstance and conditions. Mm-hmm. You just can't blanketly apply yeah, a rule board. to a situation. What's your a story? rule is different. It's not a law. Mm-hmm. It's a rule. A rule is like a donut. It has conditions applied to it. You know, like, that. That look, there's no fighting at this school. Okay. Right. No fighting. Yeah. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. But now, hold on. If you dig into the situation and find out that this boy got some problems that happened, you know, he done lost a loved one at home, you know, you know, he got put out of the, you know, they lost their job, everything going bad at the house, and you find that out, then you can explain that explains the boy's behavior in school. So you can't just throw him out of school. You know what I mean? Yeah, with that but zero when, tolerance rule, yeah. When principals like this take the time to understand mm-hmm. why is this boy being so adamant about this hat when clearly a simple rule you can't wear hats in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got I had an accident one time. One accident I was fight when I was in the seventh grade and I busted my eye. And man, my eye was swollen, black, blue, shut. So I wore glasses the next day. I'm sitting in the music class and the guy says. Hey, cool, daddy. You want to take them glasses off? They were they were dark glasses. Yeah, and I said no, sir. And he sent me straight to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now I got down there to Mr. Clayton. I got to take his glasses off. I show Mr. Mm-hmm. Clayton. He said, go on, put the glasses on, go on back to class. I understand. Mm-hmm. You know? Because right. mm-hmm. yeah. I got to explain this eye to everybody. Right. All day. Yeah. Right. All day, yeah. Right. And, yeah. I, and, and a public shows, school, this ain't, yeah, this ain't nothing but an ass Empathy. Empathy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's empathy. That, that's what we need more of. Not just, like you said, Steve, just... That's it. That's the rule. Well, this is this it. is why you want police officers in the black neighborhood who understand the black community. This is the Absolutely. reason why. Absolutely. Who said Absolutely. that? <laughs> this I'm is, sorry. I'm turning to Thomas Miles. My bad. My bad. Hey, man, hold up. Who the hell? What the? You don't know your nephew's personality. He said, "Who said now? that?" I, wait, 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 wait we sorry. have to go to commercial break. Yeah, we I gotta, we gotta go move get a on. Drink. Did y'all hear what Tommy just said? Prank phone call coming up next right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at the top of the hour, right about four minutes after, it's my strawberry letter for today. And the subject is, my ex-wife made my son hate me. Wait till Mm. you hear this. Mm. We'll get into it in a little bit. But right now, the nephew is here with today's prank phone call. What you got for us, Nev? Law and order. Great show. Love it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. SBU. All of them. Uh-huh. Law and order. Take a listen. Come on, Cat Dog. Good morning, Benjamin. Law and Associates Office. Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm trying to speak to the lawyer, Mr. Benjamin. Is he here? He's not in, sir, but I can help you. Um, I can get all your information um, and also get your actual complaint at hand, and then I can get you scheduled. Okay, what's your name? My name is Joel. What's your name? Jo- Joel. My name is Dwight. Dwight Turner. I'm Dwight trying to, Turner. Uh, I'm okay. trying to file file a uh, a lawsuit on somebody. I ain't never done this before, but I'm trying to file a lawsuit on somebody, and I don't know. Well, you know, everybody tell me Benjamin's a good attorney or whatever. So I wanted to yes, call sir. and talk to him and see how I'm supposed to go about this right here. Okay. Well, can I get all your information and then I can get you scheduled? He's not in the office right now. Okay. But okay. I so is he, is he coming back today, though? Am I going to be able to talk to him today? I'm not sure. He He's in court all day. And I'm pretty much his so, everything. So so when am I going to get to talk to him then? He's pretty good on getting back to you. He will get back to you probably, probably tomorrow. But okay. it's actually better to schedule as the only way you can meet with him and you will actually meet with him face-to-face. The consultation is free. You can sit down with him and have that one-on-one and explain everything that's going on. So what you what you need what you need from me? Cause I want to come see him tomorrow if I can get on his schedule tomorrow. I need your full name, your date of birth, and your address. My name my name is Dwight. Okay, my my date of birth. Okay. Hold on, let me ask you. Let's skip all that. Can you just take down what's going on with the whole situation that's at hand? Can we get? Well, I give you all that all that other stuff later. I want you to write down what's going on first, cause that's what's bothering me. I need to get this off my chest. And what is the actual complaint? What is what's going on? I want to file a lawsuit on my girlfriend's husband. Excuse me? I want to file a lawsuit on my girlfriend's husband. Are they still together? Are they still married? Yeah. I'm trying to understand. They, they, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they still married. They together and everything. You know, that don't bother me right there. But I want to file a lawsuit on him, though. So you're her boyfriend. She's still married. They live yeah. together. They're still, they're not legally separated. Nothing yeah, like no, that. No, they live together. They got kids. And, all that. You know, I I ain't tripping on that part right there. But I'm. So you're her see, boyfriend. Yeah. Okay, and you want to sue her husband for what? For messing up our relationship. For getting in the middle of what me and her got going on. Sorry, you know? I'm sorry, that's not a crime. That's not 
grounds for a lawsuit. Hello. I, 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 he, he, he messed up everything we got going on. You know, now he's taking the phone from her. He, he, he's taking my name out of it. You know, he, he. Okay. And when I send a text message, he answering the text message. Sorry, back. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry that you, I'm sorry that's all going on, but that's not suitable for our type of law. We don't handle any cases like that. Infidelity, which it sounds like what's going on, that's not grounds for a lawsuit. We don't address that type of thing. Okay, so what you talking about? Infidelity? Look, I, I don't know where you're, you're sleeping with a married. Me. You're sleeping with a married woman, and you have a relationship with her, and you want to sue her current legal I husband. Sue her husband. Yes, I want to sue him. messing up your relationship. Actually, you're the actual outsider. You're the actual person that's in the wrong. If you want to make okay, a hold complaint. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's your name again? I told you it's Joelle, sir. Hey, hey, Joelle, ain't nobody ask you for your phone opinion. I, I, I call, I call the There's, no, there's no need for cursing. Hello? Hello? There's no need for cursing. I cannot help you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I, I, I don't even know how to refer you to I the lawyer. Sir, I don't even know how to give you to another lawyer. There's no lawyer that's not going to do this. Please, don't call me with this. I want I you want try, to you, to you, the, you try to take me out of my pocket, man. You Come on, you want to sue morning. the man. He said, whoop your f***. I go, where? Excuse me? 
You go to boot camp every morning, don't you? Excuse me? Don't you go boot to don't you work out? Don't you work out with a boot camp group every morning? Who the f is this? Uh, do, don't get silence now. Who is this? How okay. you know I be going to a boot camp? Do you know Vetter? Excuse me? This is nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning oh Show. Your girlfriend oh. Vetter got me to prank phone call you. You're about to get me fired. You're about to get me fired. I mean, the baddest radio show in the land. Tommy Nephew, Nephew Tommy, Steve Harvey <laughs> in the morning show. I love y'all for the last 40 years of my life. I love y'all. <laughs> Yo, I can't believe this. Come on. Come on. And give it's it to like me. too much. I love Joelle, though. <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> my favorite part is, you going to do what to who? Right. I got seven, seven brothers. Seven. One seven. They going to blank you up, all of them, one through one seven. seven. You right. don't know who you playing with. Hello. I got seven I, brothers. I love it. Sir, infi- I love what you can't said. sue for infidelity. That is not a crime. I want to sue my girlfriend's husband for breaking us up. She wants you an old man about you. 25,000 times. I know uh, you love that. What? Oh, man. I told you. Stupid, baby. You some morals. <laughs> hey, stupid coming to no. Birmingham. Stupid is coming to Birmingham April 16th through the 18th at the Stardome, man. Tickets are on sale right now. I got two shows Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday. Same weekend as the Magic City Classic. While you in town watching the game and watching the band and all that, make sure you get tickets to see that ignorant nephew at the Stardome that week, that weekend. That's April 16th through the 18th. Tickets on sale right now. All right, thanks, Neff. My ex-wife made sure my son hates me. Strawberry Letter up next. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, guys, time now for today's Strawberry Letter. And if you need advice on relationships, dating, work, sex, parenting, and more, please submit your Strawberry Letter to steveharveyfm.com and click Submit Strawberry Letter. We could be reading your letter live on the air, just like we're going to read this one right here, right now. Buckle up and hold on tight. We got it for you. Here it is, the Strawberry Letter. Subject, my wife made sure my son hates me. Dear Stephen Shirley, I'm going to jump right on in. I cheated on my wife two years ago with a woman that constantly threatened to call my wife when she didn't get what she wanted. This went on two years until I ran out of money and decided to end the affair. This woman called my wife a few days later. I was out cutting the yard when my wife when, when she called my house and my wife answered, I walked in and my wife was on the speakerphone listening to my side chick with my son sitting there listening to everything. He was 12 years old at the time and I made him leave the room, but he had already heard enough. My relationship with him was ruined after that day. My home life was terrible too, so I moved out after my wife served me with divorce papers. We are in the process of discussing who will get custody of our son, and I haven't seen him in months. 
His mother has brainwashed him to think I'm a no-good cheater and liar. She has him in the middle of grown folks' business, and when we talk, she's always on speakerphone so my son can hear all of the conversation. She sends me text messages with our son on the text thread, and she's usually calling me names and cursing me out. She's brought up all kinds of things that have happened in our marriage, and my son doesn't need to know all of that. I'm dying to see him, so I sent him a text asking him to have dinner with me one day soon. He sent me the most disrespectful reply a child could send a father. I wanted to go snatch him up real quick, but I can't. This is not the boy I raised. He needs his father back in his life. How can I reverse all of this brainwashing? Please advise. Well, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that, and I have to say this, everything in this letter is just terrible. Everything in this letter. I mean, you cheated for the lamest excuse ever. I mean, in the history of cheating, just say you cheated or wanted to cheat. Cheating because this woman was going to call your wife if you didn't cheat with her is about the stupidest thing ever. I mean, and then you, you cheated with her for two years? You, she scared you for two years. Okay, th that's just dumb. Uh, you, you, you know, you should have told your wife about the threats when they started and then call the woman's bluff and not cheat it since she ended up calling your wife anyway. Um, you know, I, I also, this is what I don't hear in this letter. I don't hear any remorse from you. I hear no remorse from you about what you did. I mean, did you try to fix it? Did you try to apologize? Did you try anything, anything? I mean, and of course your wife wanted to hurt you and she knows your son is the way to get at you. I mean, what she did is beyond wrong. What she did is beyond wrong. There's no way your sh son should have been in the middle, as you say, grown folks business. If she needed an ally, she could have talked to another adult, you know? She, she, she tainted the boy now, made herself look like the victim, and yeah, uh, made you hate him, made, made your son hate you and disrespect you. I'm not blaming your wife. I'm not blaming her for anything. This is your fault. This is you. And of course, your, your son doesn't want to see his mom hurt and going through because of you. Uh, people get divorced every day. And parents do get joint custody of the kids, so hopefully during the divorce, that'll work itself out. But yeah, you, sir, created all of this because of your cheating. Uh, now the family's broken, but you got to get to your son some kind of way. You got to apologize to him. You, you got to do something. You got to talk to your son. Um, and, and not say anything bad about his mom like you tried to, you know, allude to in the letter. None of that. I, I don't agree with anything she's done either. And your son is already damaged by what she did, you know, letting him hear everything. So you got to get to a counselor. You got to talk to him, a therapist, a pastor, Jesus, someone to, to heal this relationship. Hopefully, like I said, the divorce, when you get that, when you get custody, you know, he can begin to understand that you do love him. Whew, Steve. See, I don't think this is a letter at all about reconciliation. I don't think it is at all. And I think the man came right on when he said, I'm going to just jump right on it. Mm -hmm. I cheated on my wife two years ago. He already noticed his fault. Yeah, he, he knows he, that. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, he knows this is his fault. With a woman who constantly threatened to call my wife when she didn't get what she wanted. See, now, that's not a threat. If you don't stay with me, I'm going to call your wife. 
it could be anything she wanted. Because he said in like he was buying her stuff, getting her stuff, probably helping her, you know, with the bills and all this hitting when she don't give something she want her way or him to come over at a certain time, then I'm gonna threaten to call your wife. This went on for two years, and this is the killer part. He says, until I ran out of money and decided to end the affair. See, this affair was based around the money he was giving the mistress. So when the mistress couldn't get what she want and would threat, I'll need this, you need to buy me that, then she'll threaten to call the wife. He kept it going for two years. He liked the little sideline stuff, but it was costing him too much. So then he decided to end the affair. What, what, Shirley? He didn't have to do any of this. <laughs> I'm just He I'm was confused. cheating with the woman. He was buying her stuff. She wanted more. When he didn't have the money to give her one, she threatened to call him. He tried to keep it until okay. he ran out of money. All right, we'll come back. Is. We'll come back with part I'm two t- of your response. Girl. <laughs> At 23 mm. minutes after the hour. Come on the back hour. so I can straighten her letter and her out. Come on back. <laughs> you straighten him out. He needs no, straightening. No, I'm straighten you out. My ex-wife made sure my son hates me is the subject. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, come on, Steve. Let's recap uh, today's Strawberry Letter. The subject, my ex-wife made my son hate me. All right, man writes a letter that said he going to jump right on it. Cheated on his wife two years ago. He admitted that. He know he wrong. With a woman that constantly threatened to call my wife when she didn't get what she wanted. That could be, I want you to come over now. That could be, I want a new dress. That could be, I want you to fix my car. That could be I need help with these bills. It could be anything she wanted, but she would threaten to call the wife. Now, he tried to keep it up, and he said this went on for two years until I ran out of money. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, now I got to end this affair because that affair he was in, it might have been sexual, but it was tied to money. Sugar mm-hmm. daddy ran out of sugar. <laughs> he just daddy now. So that's what happened. I was out cutting the yard when she called my house and my wife answered. Walked in, wife on the speakerphone, listening to my side chick. He know it wrong. My son was sitting there listening to everything. He was 12 years old at the time. And I made him leave the room, but he had already heard enough. My relationship with him was ruined after that day. My home life was terrible too. So I moved out after my wife served me with divorce papers. So this isn't about a reconciliation. It's over. He caused it. His fault. Bam. Here the problem. We're in the process of discussion who will get custody of our son. Dog, you're not getting custody. (laughs) You can get joint custody. You know, you might get knocked down to visitation, but you're not getting custody. You can stop this argument right now. I haven't seen him in months. His mother has brainwashed him to think I'm a no good cheater and liar. She has him in the middle of grown folks business. And when we talk, she's always on speakerphone so my son can hear all of the conversation. Shirley and I both agree she's wrong for this. I'm going to tell you at the end. Sends me text messages with our son on the text thread. Oh, she 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 wrong, man. But I'm going to tell you why she's doing this, too. Calling your names and cussing me out. She's brought up all kind of things that happened in our marriage, and my son don't need to know all that. I'm dying to see him. So when I sent him a text asking him to have dinner with me one day soon, he sent me the most disrespectful reply a child could send a father. I want to go snatch him up real quick, but I can't. This is not the boy I raised. 
He needs his father back in his life. How can I reverse all the brainwashing? Please advise. Well, see, here's the deal. She has accomplished what she wanted to do. But here's the problem. She won, but he lost. Not you have lost. Her son has lost. Because, see, not only does she not have a husband, but now her she got her son thinking he ain't got a father. And it don't have to be. Because here's my opinion in this whole thing. When, a, when your husband doesn't prove to be a great husband, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that he's not a good father. Those are two different roles. Completely. And when I say that, I'm meaning that the two roles can be separated and each can be performed extremely well. You can be a great husband and never have any children. You can be a great father, but you don't necessarily make you a great husband. So the man's not a great husband. Got that. But that don't mean he ain't a great father. But as a scorned woman or man, tying the two together only hurts the child. The child is crushed. Oh, you whipping the fathers behind. But do you know that you know in the long run, that man is still a man no matter what you say about him. But you are hindering your son's development into manhood. Because the one person that can teach him how to be a man, you've discredited him. Because he wasn't a good husband. See, y'all just wasn't it for each other. For whatever the reason. Was he wrong for cheating? 100%. 100%. But because he's not a good husband, don't make him not a good father. So now you brainwashed the child into hating his own father, and you win. But guess what? Your child loses. And y'all got to stop that. This is knowledge and wisdom. If you are out there, you have to stop that. If you're in the process of using your child as a pawn in your divorce or your relationship, you have to stop that. I am speaking from experience. You have to stop that. It's not for you to do this to this boy. Because I have news for you. One day this boy is going to grow up. And he's going to know the truth. And as this boy grows up, this boy is going to make mistakes of his own. And he's going to start to understand that mistakes happen in life. But because he wasn't a great husband to you, don't mean that he wasn't a great father to this boy. And you're doing nothing but damaging the boy. And they tell you all the time, listen, I don't let my children hear me say nothing about their mother's disparaging. Nothing. Oh, I could, but I don't. Now, them on the other hand, oh, they done me, done, done me like, like, like a damn book. But guess what? At the end, the truth comes out. Hang in there, dog. I support the man in this letter, unlike Shirley. <laughs> I support the child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, wow. Uh, okay. Well, we'll continue this conversation when we come back. My ex-wife made sure my son hates me. Steve and I agree on that, that that is definitely wrong. And uh, we have some personal experiences to talk about when we come back. We all do. Right Steve, after I'm this. Sorry. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, Steve, this, this strawberry letter was, um, was interesting. My ex-wife made sure my son hates me. Um, 
You know, I mean, we can relate to it. We can relate to it. We've both been divorced on the show. Um, you know, full disclosure, um, my first marriage uh, didn't go well, didn't end well, but we had a beautiful child out of that relationship. And, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to admit um, that I was very bitter. I was very, very bitter when we broke up. Mm. Um, uh, you know, you get to a dark place sometimes. You're angry, you're bitter. All of that. And, um, you know, I was on the radio. I was on the radio in L.A. A lot of people who listened during that time probably, well, hopefully they don't remember it was so long ago. But, yeah, I used to badmouth. Everybody I mean, forgot it. <laughs> I used to really badmouth <laughs> my, my ex-husband uh, on the air constantly mm-hmm. because, you know, something would happen uh, that it would remind me or, you know, trigger me or something like that. And I'd just go in, you know, or say one thing, yeah, call him a deadbeat dad or whatever, whatever. And uh, just just not a good look, you know. So when I mean, you look back, when you look back from now, what uh-huh. you think? Oh, I, it was horrible. I mean, I had to stop myself. You know, you grow, you change. People change. They do. Uh, I, I had to forgive him. It started with that, forgiveness, because forgiveness is not for the other person. We, all, we talk about that a lot on the show. Forgiveness is for you. Once I forgave him... Uh-huh. Then I could start to heal, and I stopped, and I apologized on the air. I apologized to him for saying that because we had a child. I never wanted her to grow up and, you know, have people saying, well, your mom used to do this, talk about your... I never wanted that, so, you know. Mine ain't feel that way. Okay. <laughs> All right, then there's the other side. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. Here <laughs> but, but you wouldn't do that. You're too much of a gentleman to do that, you know? Well, I, w- I would never talk about my sons and daughters mothers in a disparaging way publicly i would never Mm -hmm. do that you know Mm -hmm. i have my comments away in my own personal life Mm -hmm. because i'm human but never on the air because i taught my sons i raised my sons to honor their mothers like i was raised to honor mine Mm -hmm. and to defend her at all costs that can't they can't see me talking about it and then i asked them not to honor them but you know my as my I say, ex, not as I do. Yeah. yeah, but my ex went on a complete and total smear campaign mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. out of her anger mm-hmm. and scorn. I mean, for years. I understand. Yeah. For yeah. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah. attack, 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 attack. Yeah, you're so angry. You know? Yeah. And you know, I thank God I had Marjorie. You know, mm-hmm. a yeah. strong woman who knew me. Yeah. Can say no. Mm-mm. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, we're going to talk about the moments we realize that uh, we've turned into our parents. Oh boy, we'll talk oh, about man. that right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, so guys, no matter how much as kids we swear that we will never grow up to be like our parents, there does come a time when most of us wind up doing just that. We all love that commercial. (laughs) You know where the guy is helping people not to turn into their parents? (laughs) We love that commercial. We all see it. We all all see it. We all all see see it. it. Blue hair. (laughs) Growing up, did you swear you weren't going to be like your parents? And uh, so that's the question. Growing up, did you ever swear that you weren't going to be like your parents? And uh, what things did you insist you'd never do, and now you do them? God, I'm doing it. <laughs> Tommy. God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. What? I'm what are doing you doing? It. I'm doing it. Like, my, you know, my little girl is 16. Mm-hmm. So I got my little girl. We bought my little girl a car. Uh-huh. I swear, every time she pull out that driveway, 
I want to know where you're going. I want to know when you get there. Yeah. I want you to call me when you get there. I want you to call me when you're on your way back. I'm just paranoid. Uh -huh. My daddy right. was just like that. Boy, where you going? I'm going around here such a... Call me when you get over there. Uh, yeah. Daddy, I, I don't want to go in their house and call you. You, you. Then you ain't going, then. Hell, you ain't going. You have a choice. <laughs> so, but my little girl, is, is she on point? She texts as soon as she gets where she going. She texts her on the way back. Mm -hmm. She does everything she's supposed to do. So, now that oldest boy, man. Uh -huh. <laughs> where you going? I, I, you don't want to know where I'm going, Daddy. Okay, cool. All right, you sure? That's you're it. Right. Okay, cool. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You go head on. I am my daddy all over again. Yeah. What about you, Junior? I know you don't have kids, oh, but doing my uh, nephew. Uh huh. Man, lecturing. I said I'd never lecture like my parents did because my dad didn't give good lecture because he could never finish a sentence. Uh -huh. I do the same thing with my nephew. Every time the school call, he mess up. Uh -huh. I leave heat on the phone. Hello? I said, hey, whoa, whoo. Okay, now. See here? <laughs> See here? Oh, all right. You pushing it. You pushing it. Okay, listen to me. I ain't saying nothing, but I said, listen to me. You, you don't. Uh, all right, now. Okay. Here, watch me. Let me come down there. Let me come down there. I turned into the exact same people. <laughs> Can't Come finish on, a lecture, man. Now you know I'm I'm the direct opposite. You're the direct opposite what? of yeah. your parents, of your no, dad. No, no, no. I couldn't wait to be my damn dad. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know oh, you wait. Cool. I find somebody I can tell. Get the hell out of my face, boy. I ain't got <laughs> hey, come in here. Get that remote. Go over there and turn that TV channel. I do all that. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy, I'm going to take the car. You ain't taking nobody's damn car. You better get your ass on that bike. <laughs> and then when you say saying, it, do you say, damn, I'm my daddy. No, I be going, that? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Feel good. Yet he never, lives. I could never understand why my mom <laughs> oh. couldn't get our names right. You know, she'd be calling me this name or that name or that, you know, Man, whatever, Marjorie whatever. Is, Marjorie's the worst. Yeah, I, and I do that now. Do you really? Yes. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, I tell God. you what, with my mom, she made a big thing about, you know, cleaning, getting up and on the weekends and oh, cleaning yeah, and listening morning. to music and, mm -hmm. and maze and all that. I'm telling you the other day, I got Tasha up, like my mom used to get me up, get down mm. here. Let's get busy. And I was turning on Frankie Beverly and Maze. I'm snapping my fingers just uh -huh. like my mom. And back. I just looked at myself. Back. I was like, oh, my God. I'm scared. <laughs> and Tasha sitting up there going, why is we listening to this? To this, right. Who are you? Before I let go. <laughs> so has anybody said the thing that we all, I know we all hated this growing up because I said so? <laughs> Who said oh, that? Yeah. I know. Oh, you. definitely. Oh, yeah. Sure. And oh, I yeah, hate yeah. when it comes out of my mouth. Yeah. But there it is. Yeah. Say a lot more. Because I hated like, that. I, I've no, this is my like, favorite line. What's it? Uh -huh. Your ass ain't working. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, That's my favorite line. <laughs> Your ass ain't working. <laughs> that means that. All right. We'll have more of today's trending stories and more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show at 20 minutes after, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 
Well, while millions of people around the country try to set up appointments to go get vaccinated, R. Kelly is apparently way ahead of the curve. Uh, TMZ is reporting that um, R. Kelly has now received both doses of a COVID-19 vaccine. Both doses, okay? He's one of 63 inmates at Chicago's Metropolitan Correction Center to be fully vaccinated so far, as well as 128 staff members. So there you go. I what believe junior? I am good. What, what I ain't junior? even got mine. I was just oh, saying, I'm, I'm sitting out here with sickle cell, can't get one. <laughs> How he get both? And you're free as hell. <laughs> I'm free. I'm free. I can go what? down there today. <laughs> I, y'all call me. I'll be down there. I promise. Junior, you got cars and everything. Money. Yeah. He in there. They brought it to him. Mm-hmm. Ain't that so? He Ain't got that. all of his shots. God. Wow. Yeah. Whew. Well, Junior, well, so you are going to get vaccinated. You know. Absolutely. I'm going to get vaccinated. Can't wait. Yeah. Wow. I can't but, wait. But you, but that's the point. You got to wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> sure. I got a vaccination outfit. Gonna be dressed up. Go get what my. What you gonna wear, Junior? What you gonna wear? I don't know. Wear? Throw one of these nice suits on. Go on there, roll that sleeve up. Be ready. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might as well wear the tank top you got because you got to lift it all the way up. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, I'm be ready, man. They're going to get it. It's gonna be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We'll have more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show coming up at 33 minutes after the hour. Right after this, you're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Trending news, a courthouse where Derek Chauvin will be tried for murdering George Floyd looks like the same fortress that's around the U.S. Capitol right now. Heavy reinforced to black out the general public. Construction crews have been hard at work over the past week fortifying downtown Minneapolis with de facto force fields, including areas where protests and unrest are expected as Chauvin's murder trial gets underway in the coming weeks. Jury selection is set to begin March 8th, and opening arguments are expected toward the end of the month. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's this, almost this a year be, after. It's not televised, right? You won't be able to watch it, will you? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't it's up know. to the judge to decide. Well, if it is, I'm going to watch. Yeah, I'm I like can't imagine that. them televising it, but I would watch. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really interested in the defense. Yeah. What because is, you know what? It just, it. Yeah. it just goes to say what we've all said all along. It's amazing how we all see the same video yeah. and see something totally different. Now, I don't know what happens to them 12 people when they go in that room, mm. but I don't know what video they see. Yeah, dating back to Rodney King. We all yeah. saw the same oh my God. all the way I was back. Just, I was yeah. just sitting here going, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. murder. Yeah. He right. murdered this man. Yeah. yeah For eight minutes and 46 seconds, mm-hmm. he spent the entire time murdering a man. With his hand in his pocket like he didn't give a damn. Yeah, on right. camera. Yeah. On camera. Yeah. That's on right. Camera. Please. Come on. You know, and, 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 and America keeps saying, this is not who we are as a country. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Mm. Okay, then, okay. What's the other side? Because we keep seeing this side. Yeah. And we see this side too often mm-hmm. for you to convince us that this is not the America we live in. It's not the America you've ever seen or you want to deal with. But it's America that we've seen and lived with for a long time. And now the the gig is up. Yeah. We're no longer patient. We, we, we don't want to wait on you to treat us equally. 
we're we're past that. We're exhausted from getting the Constitution applied to us. Mm-hmm. We're we're fed up with the people being able to kill us and get away with it. Yeah, that's why I think it's good that um, I hope that they do televise it because I'm sure a lot more will come out that we didn't even know about that dreadful day, that fateful day, you know? I do see uh, a couple of media publications that are saying that the judge will allow cameras Mm -hmm. in the trial coming up in March. I think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see if that still holds up. <clears throat> Going to be a major, major problem across this country if there's not a conviction. I'm not promoting oh, oh. it. Right. I'm yeah. predicting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming up, it is our last break of the day. And, of course, we'll have some closing remarks from the one and only Steve Harvey at 49 Minutes After, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, here we are, guys. Last break of the day. It's been a good day. And I have to say, before we get to Steve's closing remarks, happy birthday to my brother, Fish. It is his birthday fish. today. Fish, What's up, Fish? <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday, Fish. Fish, I love you, love you, love you. Happy birthday. Enjoy your fish, day. Make us a make us a cake for a your birthday. Cake. <laughs> He, he makes make some delicious pound cakes. <laughs> yes, yeah. he can. I done had one of Fisher's pound cakes. Mm, they're good, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. yeah. Hey, y'all, you know, I was thinking, um, I think about uh, all that we've accomplished over the years as people. And I'm talking to us as a people. We have a lot that we could be really, really proud of. You know, I look back on this past election this year and it's probably the most proud I've ever been as an African-American voting. I never felt more proud for voting and us as a voting bloc than I did this past year. I also was very, very impressed with young people in 2020 during COVID, Uh, the way the Black Lives Matter movement showed up. And it's a resurgence because, you know, Black Lives Matter started a little while ago. But it didn't have the correct momentum behind it because COVID made sure that the right momentum got behind it this time because everybody was at home watching. And so what Black Lives Matter did was it took young people and put them in the forefront of this. And the Black Lives Matter movement is because of young people. Make no mistake about it. Young people did this. Just like civil rights was our shot at it in the 60s and 70s and what we accomplished then uh, made headway. This movement here, well, for the first time I saw a movement about black lives come together in a way where so many people who were non-black participated in it to the point where it became disruptive to the Republican Party. And why it was, I do not understand. Of course, I do understand because the leader of that party changed the narrative of the movement, changed the narrative of Colin Kaepernick, changed the narrative of Black Lives Matter. And and, and they just went along with it. But young people made me beyond proud of them. They were monumental 
in the change that's occurring in this country right now. And don't you think that things are not changing? Oh, they're not changing fast, but there is a change occurring right now because now there is a voting block that they have to they have to contend with. Now they're going to continue with voter suppression and they're going to continue with the little slick tricks. And if any of all else fails, they'll bring Donald Trump back. They're going to do everything in their power to put a stop to this. But Stacey Abrams, they're already talking about stop Stacey. They're already talking about it. This woman right here has galvanized the state of Georgia. There are so many people in Philly who galvanized in Georgia, in Detroit, in Milwaukee, all across this nation that have galvanized. Texas could turn blue because of young people. These athletes today are more heavily involved in larger numbers than ever before. Now, you know, I remember the first athlete I saw that got active out there was Jim Brown with James Brown and and all them cats when they started. And I remember Al Green came to the forefront and and all them old, old cats was out there on the front lines doing battle. But then I watched, you know, uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar take his stands and, and, and help out none bigger and braver than Muhammad Ali. And then I remember all these brothers who came to the forefront. But today, though, oh, no, sir. Make no mistake about it, because I was around for both periods of time. I've never seen it at this magnitude. I've never seen blacks in sports in baseball, basketball, and football get together and band together the way they have. We have something to be proud of. This is a slow turnaround because it's long overdue. And they're still fighting the make it right part. And there's a part of this country that will always fight the make it right part. They're not going to give it up easily. Because for some reason, they think that if they give you a slice of pie, that cuts into their slice of pie. What they don't understand about justice is justice is just justice. It ain't if you get too big a piece, we don't get none. It's no, man. Everybody wants the same slice of pie. But you got some people, man, who've got to make you feel less so they can feel more. That's the problem that we have in this country. This is the country that we live in. We live in a country that if we keep classes alive, then we can hold you down. If we can keep you in a certain zone, we can keep you down. Why are we fighting minimum wage? Somebody please tell me, Democrat or Republican, the problem with $15 minimum wage. Well, I'll tell you what it is. They can't give you the taste of success because if you taste success, you're going to want more of it. And if you want more of it, they think you're going to take it from them. It's simple as that. The rich going to have to take the cut and pay you. That's why they fighting it. Black people, we got a lot to be proud of. I'm proud of y'all, man. Uncle Steve just wanted to say that to y'all. Thank y'all for digging in the way you did this year, man. You done us all a real service and a justice. Appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. All right now.
For all Steve Harvey contests, no purchase necessary, void where prohibited. Participants must be legal U.S. residents at least 18 years old unless otherwise stated. For complete contest rules, visit steveharveyfm.com. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 